can you take a step this way so I can see you? Sorry. There we are. Let's get my drink. <laughs> uh, we have a new little setup in here, and so with the new monitors, it's obstructing my line of sight. It's throwing me off a little bit. Hi, welcome to Reality Bites. It's Megan and Jay. Hello. Survived another weekend at home. How did it go? Man, I'm ready to go outside. I will say that. Yeah, did you do yard work? So it's, it's I mean, be- if you're looking for something to do, I have yard work you can do, Jay. Well, my wife has got a <laughs> list of things and so it's begun what else um that was about it i challenged my daughter to a competition of reading uh, fox and socks i don't know if you've ever read the uh classic i have not read fox and socks dr seuss but uh, it was one of his uh more interesting works definitely seems to be something he may have written while allegedly doing some drugs or something but oh then i might be interested in you it. you might be <laughs> how about yourself i'm gonna be honest like 100 percent honest with you it was kind of a heavy weekend for me i um i think i came to a bunch of realizations about myself i had these like series of aha moments and not to get all like oprah winfrey on a monday but it was a lot it really was i was i, I was painting that's how it all started and i didn't like how the painting came out and I, in that moment, actively caught myself being super self-critical, being really mean to myself, because I do that a lot, and I, I feel like I'm getting emotional right now, but it's, um, I think what, I, what I've been thinking about a lot over the past couple of weeks is like, how am I going to come out of this change? Like, how am I going to be better? And I want to be a nicer person, and I realized that I've, I've done some not-so-nice things to other people recently, and I think the reason that I've done that is because I'm not I'm not nice to myself either and so it's got to start with like being nicer to myself um but I did bring the bad painting to show you (laughs) yeah so (laughs) (laughs) ta-da now who's that that Carol Baskin Uh (laughs) see you didn't even know who it was so that's that's you so that's how bad this is but Carol's kind of a hard one to she doesn't have the distinction of right yeah definitely 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 Joe Exotic so so yeah so it's just like this weird series of introspection and self-reflection and figuring out how I'm gonna implement some changes in my life to be kinder to other people and kinder to myself um it was it was that I'm sorry that was that's a lot that's a that's a good thing though yeah but but uh it's like a new year's resolution in april exactly right i feel like we need to start over anyway (laughs) yeah let's do that now now i'm I'm four (laughs) months late to the game but this is what i'm gonna try to you know ask myself once this is all over how am i gonna be a different person and how am i gonna um improve myself and better myself and so uh, I think the first step in that process is identifying what you're not being good at and what you need to really work on. And then, of course, last night, 90 <laughs> Day Fiance. There's the- no better way to feel better about yourself than watching 90 Day Fiance. Yeah, this show, man, though, I got to be honest with you, having this sense of routine because it's coming on every Sunday night is helping with that sense of normalcy for me. Okay. It's, like, it's something that feels routine. And in in a time where everything has kind of been flipped upside down, Everything's out of whack. I, I, it, it's kind of this weird bright spot, 90 Day Fiance, and all the madness that's going on because it's something that I know I can kind of set my clock to. It's like right. last night's episode, I felt like, you know, last week I said I was a little disappointed by the episode. I'm back to being excited. Last night it felt like things were moving again. Did I mean, there are plenty way? of dumpster fires to look at, and they're all around you, and so I enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, who are we going to start with? Can we get Yolanda out the way for just a second? Because I kind of go between feeling bad for her and being like, come on, wake up. I want to know what it feels like to be that 
blissfully naive. Like, right. I, that blind optimism, I don't know if that's something I've ever experienced. I don't know if I've ever been that hopeful and that, so I guess you would say in denial, but... See, I feel like I, I've, I feel like I've been that hopeful, but not to this extent. Like once clear signs, you right? You're, you're like, okay, this doesn't make sense anymore. But for her, it's like every step is justifiable by something else. Or every step, she comes up with some sort of plausible explanation right. for. Like you know, first she meets up with her daughter, and the daughter's like, "All right, you still want to do this? You still want to go on this trip?" And she's like, "Yeah, I want to go." <laughs> <laughs> then next thing you know she tells her daughter so before we book our ticket by the way know, two days ago <laughs> he completely deleted his instagram account and now it's back but it's under a completely different name and the daughter's like i'm sorry what like, have you even looked into this and like googled who this new person is um and the daughter is the exact opposite of yolanda is very much right realistic and aware that her mom is getting scammed catfished and now we know potentially scammed like legit extorted i mean and i told you when you first walked in here i was like extortion is a new for this that show. is a new one that is something we have not yet seen before on 90 day <laughs> fiance um but before we get to the extortion part of it you know the daughter starts investigating and googling and finding out that the phone number is attached to somewhere in nigeria now the name is a Nigerian name. And so now she thinks her boyfriend is actually Nigerian, not British. That's what she thinks right. is happening. And oh. She, but she still seems to be like relatively cool with it as long as it's still the guy in the pictures, I guess. Right. Um and so she asked, she sends him a text and she asks, she's like, Are you Nigerian, baby? And like, I just He doesn't respond. He has it's been a week and he still hasn't responded. He's not responding to any of her phone calls, to right. any of her text messages None. for a full week. Yep. And, and I don't know if you noticed this, but on the show, they never said what the guy's new name is. Right. So this is where they must not have had permission to the, uh, the real person that is refusing to come on. That makes a lot of now. sense. That um, makes a lot of sense, actually. Yep, yep. Now, she gets an email. Yolanda gets an email. And the email says that unless she pays money these intimate photos of herself that she has sent to this guy whoever it is we know it's not the williams <laughs> right we know it is somebody else and the email says that unless she pays money these photos will be leaked i'm not sure who they're going to leak these photos to. that's what i thought too because that person would have to have like some of your actual contact information to leak them to people right they'd have to know how to get a hold of your friends and family right and i would imagine they don't but Yolanda who hasn't seemed to figure that part of it out yet assumes that his email has been hacked and that whoever hacked his email has found the photo right and is now trying to extort her for money instead of the person that she's been talking to the whole time who has had a, a goal and a mission all along which is to get money from her is now gonna try to extort her Right, as we said, it, she actually, this person doesn't have to do much of the catfishing because she's doing her own catfishing to herself. Yeah. Because yeah. it's not like the other person is making up these stories of, oh, I got hacked or, oh, this happened. Right. She has already created all this for that person, so she's making it super easy. She would be the worst private investigator <laughs> in the entire world. Like, Yolanda on the case. <laughs> Yolanda on the case. Yolanda has no clue 
you know. She needs to get off the internet. She needs to like stick to like church functions, yep. community centers. Nice yep. She needs to to join a book club. Book she club. To, um, go to the Y. Yep. She needs to yeah do those <laughs> types of things and stay away from the scammers on the internet. We did not hear from David and Lana last night. They were MIA. Nah. Um, but where we left off in the last episode, David plans to go to where Lana lives, <laughs> and and he has the address from when they were going to go on a cruise, and she provided him with an address so i'm dying to know if he's gonna like knock on her front door and ambush her like we saw a little bit of a preview in this episode for next episode where he's walking around this town with a picture of her and the translator saying have you seen this person (laughs) and it really made me think for a second because you know we're all stuck inside now i'm like that'd be kind of interesting to go to a town and just have a picture of somebody and just walk around see if you could find them that could be like the new thing once we all get out of quarantine is everybody just try to find people like a like a um, person scavenger exactly kind of like a person scavenger hunt. right all right ash and avery okay so the night before they meet Ash's brother and they have dinner. Right. And Avery, who seems to be a relatively smart girl, is picking up on the fact that <laughs> after having dinner with the brother, the story, the impression that she got from the brother is very vastly different than what Ash has been saying all along. Oh yeah, it's no problem. Taj and I are going to come live in the U.S. with you. We're going to come to Seattle. Everything's going to be hunky-dory. And the brother's like, uh... <laughs> right. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> So what I like about Avery, what I really like about her is that she's not blissfully naive. She is not. She is very much like, okay, I feel like you're just giving me lip service. What's the real story? Why aren't you being honest with me? And and you can tell Ash in the moment is like... He's not prepared. He's getting exposed. Yes. And he doesn't know how to function in that space. And it's very interesting because you would assume that he's a relatively smart guy, you know, who probably has it you know has his wits about him in most situations yeah but he's to be to think you could fake it till you make it right but you would i guess because he's so used to because every time she talks to him he basically gives her the kind of relationship coach answers of oh okay yeah i very much appreciate i appreciate your perspective i appreciate you you asking that question with me thank you for sharing your concerns and it's like no what let's talk about my concerns no just appreciate my concerns yeah what What's are we, the deal? Yeah, what are we doing about these concerns? And right. he isn't really giving her any information, which is super shady, which we've always said he was a little... From day one. Right. Called it. Called that guy was <laughs> was a foe, uh, a fake, a phony, whatever. And, and it'll be interesting to see if he now realizes that he's got to cut the act and he has to... to be a real person and, and it's it's funny when you meet a person like ash because i've actually known someone like him really yeah and this kind of like who do you think you're fooling kind of way <laughs> and i always thought that that was me being super judgmental but after watching it i was like no, no no that's a very distinct personality type the person who lives in this world of rehearsed answers and always has some sort of response that is surface and artificial and doesn't actually mean anything now, did you, were you able to kind of get to the other side of that person to see the kind of real them? a long time. Okay. Uh, no, I, so this is someone that I dated when I was in college. And at the time I, I said, oh no, the guy's like, one, once we broke up, like he's a pathological liar. He's incapable. Jeez. Of, of telling the truth. Now, we were able to semi-maintain a friendship um, a couple years later after it all ended, and he did come clean to me, like, the reason I haven't been honest about so many things is because I'm insecure and I... Uh, 
don't want people to know the truth about, you know, oh. and, and so we were eventually able to get there. Right. But there were a lot of parallels between this person from my past and, and Ash in that sense of an inability to be honest and be vulnerable and tell the truth about, you know, I want you to come to Australia. I want you to come visit me. I want us to figure out a way to be together. Right. It's going to be complicated. I have a son with someone else. I don't know if she's going to let me take our child to the United States. But if you're, you know, we'll try. We'll see if we can figure this out. And that's Ash's thing is he's always positive to yeah. almost to a fault. Like, it's great to be positive, but it's almost it's very unrealistic. It's almost that's in a honest. it's almost it's in a Yolanda honest. sense yeah. of, oh, don't worry. Everything's going to work out. My 10 year old son. Yeah, we're going to be able to take him out of Australia from his mother. And she's saying I have no problem with it, like, which is not, you know, very realistic. Yeah. Up next. What about uh, Jeff and Varia? Jeffrey and Varia. OK. <laughs> First of all, I don't need to know about your Mile High Club. Uh, that's the first thing I wrote was gross. Like, you know that, and it was it was he. He's, he's so creepy. Not a he's a bad looking guy, but he is creepy. He's a creepy guy. Yeah. So they are going to meet her mom. Uh, they are flying from Russia to Serbia. I don't know how far apart. Siberia. Oh yeah, uh, Siberia. Two very different countries. <laughs> Sorry, uh, they're going to Siberia. I don't know how far that is from. Well, she said from Moscow because Siberia is in Russia. It's just deep, like. But he said it was a five-hour flight. It was so, a five-hour flight. So that's so we're like talking about the here, difference between here to the west coast, exactly, east coast to west coast. And so they are on their way to the airport. And the first thing is, so so what are you going to bring my mom? Well, what do you, did you get my mom a gift? And his response was a little asshole-ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My presence. My smiles and my hugs and my presence and yeah. look at me. Yeah. And I didn't like the way he answered that. Instead, I feel like he should have said, oh, my God, I can't believe I forgot. Maybe we can try to find something at the airport. Now, I feel like this is something that's uh, been a theme throughout many of these episodes yeah. or many of these variants of 90 Day Fiance where guys are supposed to bring something to the parents of the person they're dating. It's a cultural thing. It's definitely a cultural thing because I don't find that we do that very often in the U.S. Have you had a lot of boyfriends bring stuff to like your... Never. <laughs> guy bring my parents a gift i mean unless we're going over to my parents house for dinner and right it's like let's get a bottle, bottle of wine, wine or something like that i would be mortified i would be would like, you? oh no 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 you are leaving that in the back seat of the car <laughs> do not bring that inside and give that to my parents thank you but it's much. an ivory carved elephant nope no nope. <laughs> to show my <laughs> to show my appreciation <laughs> Um, but but yeah, you're right. I mean, in other countries, it does seem to be customary when someone opens their home to you and invites you over that you bring something. Right. I think one time when I uh, met my wife's mother for the first time, I think I bought them like dinner. Like, I, you know, we went out someplace. And we bought dinner. Do you want to hear an embarrassing story? Oh, yes. So remember the dude from two years ago that I met in Europe? I, I went to Europe four times that year, and every time I went, his mom would make dinner for us, and it was, I, so I was like, I don't know what to take, like, I, I don't I don't know, so so I went around, I got all this, like, local stuff, I was living in Seattle at the time, and so I, I got some, like, local honey, and just an assortment of right. things, without realizing uh -oh. that they're Muslim, and so they can't have things that are has to be halal. like halal yeah yes and so, like, everything i brought was like 
not in compliance. Is, is uh, honey not halal? I don't know, but I don't think so. But I, there was also like some Seattle chocolate and like mm. other things that like I just wasn't thinking, you know. But because anyway. Marcel, he was a beekeeper, so you know. Yeah, yeah. I should ask. <laughs> that might have been the one thing. <laughs> um, and I guess maybe it's not as embarrassing as I made it out to sound. But in retrospect, I was like, oh no, I should. No, that can definitely be. That. that can definitely be. Um, and hopefully, and listen, listen they were the most. Uh, his mother was the most like welcoming. She showered me with gifts. It was almost really? like, I was, like uncomfortable. Like bought me a dress and really? then and then I'm not even kidding you. Insists that I put the dress on oh, now, yeah. as someone who has like body issues. Like I don't I don't like trying on clothes by myself in a dressing room, much less in the middle of a living. Like I didn't want to be rude, so I'm like putting the dress on. Oh my god. Anyways, uh, I'm having like flashbacks to to that. Um, so Jeffrey and Varia, uh, next thing you know, they're on their way to the airport. They get on the plane and they do the it in the bathroom. Bathroom scene <laughs> happens. And she, what is she doing to his face? She's like, she's like her hand all over his face while uh, he's filming this. That is not COVID-19 compliant no. whatsoever. Mm-mm. <laughs> Do not touch your face. <laughs> or anybody else's. Or anybody else's, for that matter. So they land in Siberia, and they're on their way to Varya's mom's house, and Jeffrey has the bright idea to pull the car over and run up a, a hillside and start picking, picking weeds. weeds. Exactly. That's exactly what I thought. Weeds. Take to Varya's mom's house. <laughs> But I will say, once they actually got to her mom's house, how sweet was that when Varya saw her mom? It was. You could tell that they have a really cool relationship. And it seemed like Varya hadn't seen her mom in a while based on... Well, that five-hour... I mean, if it's a five-hour flight, I mean, that's yeah pretty yeah. significant. So they probably don't get out very much. And she works in radio, and we know radio, so she probably doesn't... <laughs> we know she's not rolling in the dough. <laughs> she doesn't make that much, so yeah. Oh, my goodness. So they sit down in the kitchen and they're making this like little dumplings together mm -hmm. And yeah, I think Varya's mom's concern is that if she goes to the United States, she's never going to get to see her daughter. But her mom brought up a great point when she said on Skype, you know, it's really easy to smile and act like everything's okay yeah. when there's mayhem behind you. Right. So she was really concerned that, you know, her daughter will just be out there and kind of just being like, yeah, mom, everything's fine when things are not really fine. And with uh, Jeffrey, as well, we've we seen, yeah, we things can him. go really bad really quick. Yeah. So it's probably very smart of her mom to be that concerned. And she actually asked Jeffrey, you know can we can we trust you and you would think that he would just be like yes of course you can trust me but he actually sat there and paused and like looked at varia for right. help like hey dude you're blowing it right now and varia also still doesn't know about his history of conviction <laughs> so i'm hoping that once he tells her she's gonna be the one to walk away me too I'm, we all hope that that's what's i'm done with this lead to them going in their opposite directions all right darcy and tom took us seven episodes oh my gosh to get to the sit down and i will say this i think i realized last night how passive aggressive darcy is like she... oh my gosh it was like so it's one of those things i've had i have a friend who's generally right about most things but the way they go about like telling you about it is so obnoxious and just so kind of like ugh, that you just hate that they're right and i felt like that was what tom was doing a bunch of the time like he was kind of right about a lot of stuff he was yeah. saying about darcy yep. but he was doing it in such a d-bag way 
to, you know, kind of be like, oh, well, you know, I've been dating this girl for three weeks, but I wanted to see if it could still work with you. But I haven't told you about this other girl. And kind of like he did before when he uh, said, oh, if we would have gone to the Canary Islands, I was maybe going to propose to you. One of those situations. But she, on the other hand, is like, well, thanks for the thanks. (laughs) I waited all day for FaceTime. Said you were going to do it. It's okay. It's okay. It's fine. It's fine. And then she was like, well, thanks for thanks for taking the lunch meeting. Coffee, coffee, whatever. Fitting me into your schedule. I feel like our Darcy impression was pretty good. They're pretty good. They're not bad. Um, So things did not go well between them. Hopefully, this is the end. Finito will be done. We know Jesse is coming back. So and he's right about that. Like she is obsessed with Jesse as much as he is not ever alive. She says, "Oh, this is Jesse part two And he's like, "Hey, Jesse is very much someone who lives in the past. Yes, and can't let go of things and move on and move forward. As much as I think she wants to, it doesn't appear she that she's capable of it." Stephanie and Erica. Okay, the couple that started with a lot of promise. I think what we're realizing now is that the person Erica thought she was going to be meeting is much different than who Stephanie really is. There's a lot of ironies in the situation that, you know, if Erica was a guy, because Stephanie very clearly said after the first night together when they didn't, you know, consummate the relationship, oh, I'm so glad you're not being weird about it like a dude might. And she's like, oh, yeah, I just think it would be odd to be weird about the fact that we, you know, didn't do anything. Yeah. But it's true. Like, if this was Jeffrey in Erica's position, I wonder if we would also kind of look at it as, oh, you're taking a lot of liberties to assume that she'd want to do like the breast plastering and you know she wants to be so sexual like calm down dude calm down but i think because it's erica we're kind of like oh well you know she she means well or yeah i think what i really noticed last night and the revelation that i think i had is like these two are proof that the what you see people post online is not who people really are and you know stephanie has been honest and has said like oh you know i'm i know i'm really sexual in my videos and and i appreciate that she respects that that's not really who i am in real life and is willing to be patient and whatnot what i'll say about the whole booby mold thing is that i agree with stephanie to some extent in that there's a big difference between planning a surprise for someone right. and putting someone on the spot and something like it's that, like your dress thing you're talking about like oh, it would be one thing if the person that bought you the dress and you got a chance to kind of try it on and be like, oh, this is really lovely. And right. then you walk out. Right. But when they say, hey, right here in the living room, you yeah, got to put on this dress right now. And I'm like, oh, my God, what if this thing doesn't fit? Even though it's oh good. In- right. Even though they had good intentions, right. it does put you in this position totally. of feeling kind of like I'm being taken advantage of right now. And And so they show up at this place where you make a mold of your chest and and granted there's only four people there and it's all females there are so, couples it look like yeah and so so yeah i understand that erica wanted to do something that she think would be fun and outside of the box but that that's a, a big assumption to make is that the person that you're taking this to would want to do that next thing you know the first real sign of trouble in paradise is the other couple that's there these two girls are asking eric and stephanie like oh well like how'd you meet how how are you gonna make this thing work and stephanie's like oh well erica will come to the united states and come to new york and (laughs) And erica's like well wait a minute i got i got photo shoots i got a wedding i got weddings (laughs) lined up like that's how i pay my bills and although i felt like okay the weddings aren't like you're not moving tomorrow like you have time to kind of right get through your schedule for the next (laughs) you know visas to work out, we know. And that's where it would appear the first signs of them just not being on the same page. They haven't they maybe it's been brought up in conversation, but no real decisions have been made and so well, 
I think it's uh, not to cut you off, but I think it's really interesting when you see the people who are dating people from like Australia or when Darcy was dating Tom from London. When you're coming from a situation where it's very similar to the U.S., you kind of have some of the same comforts and some of the same lifestyle that you would have in the U.S. It's very hard to just up and leave that as opposed to when we're going to talk about later with uh, Ed and um, and Rosemarie, where, you know, she was in poverty. Uh, You know, my man uh, uh, Usman in Nigeria is a huge difference where, you know, moving is kind of like hey this is a step up for me this is going to be a huge improvement in my life look pretty nice in adelaide i'm like oh shoot yeah and you're talking about uprooting everything right just you know leaving your friends leaving your family leaving your job like how the lease in your apartment or exactly your car like all of these things um so after they survived this weird art class that they were at um we didn't even get to the final projects yeah how did they turn out (laughs) i don't know like stephanie had a pretty big yeah I was like, okay, that's well endowed, I guess. (laughs) Um, After the art class, they go on a dinner date. And now round two of things not going well uh, comes into play. Stephanie reveals that while looking at something on Erica's phone, she notices that Erica has a dating app. Right. Now, man, that's one of those weird things. I feel like most single people have some sort of dating app on their phone. And when you meet someone new, at what point do you decide to delete the app? And in Erica's defense, she says, listen, there's like a real networking side to this professionally that I tap into. I don't know if I necessarily believed that. Well, that's what, yeah, that's where I kind of, I don't know if Stephanie was familiar with that app. And that's the thing. Like if Stephanie's perhaps familiar with the app and she also realized, okay, yeah, that's true. It is a place where you can. like a LinkedIn <clears throat> Tinder? What, what kind of app is it where you're like booking photography gigs? I don't know, but I'm just saying I, I could possibly see some plausible, you know, okay, well, maybe this might be useful for my bookings and blah, 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 blah. So my thought was kind of a, a, along those lines, like if she's on a dating app, which they, we know that she is into same sex Right. You know, maybe she is trying to book like boudoir photography shoots. Right. Hey, this is if this isn't something you've ever done before. This is what I do for a living. And you can contact me if you'd like to set up one of these boudoir shoots. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I think there's it could be discussed. I think that Stephanie sometimes does come off as kind of like, hey, what's going on? These are the things I feel like should be happening in this kind of direction. Yeah. You know, what's she, the plan? She kind of asked the question because she did. She said, would you be open to deleting it? Well, I do like that she asked the question, though, instead of <clears throat> instead of other people who would demand just demand right. to get rid of it. But Erica, who all of a sudden she flipped we, real quick. Yeah, we see we see a little bit of Erica going into okay i don't like this mode and i'm deleting the app because you're telling me i have to but the bigger issue here is that you don't trust me and i don't know i'm i don't know if they're gonna be able to come back from this i don't know what the yeah, they're only on like what day two of the trip yeah and i mean erica was right it was supposed to be like a romantic dinner like okay maybe you could have held that back until tomorrow and right, like hey right. when you guys are on a walk through you know a kangaroo park like hey I saw you had that app. Are you like are you still talking to other people, or right. you know, is that just something old? And you know, do you really need it? Can you would you delete it, or would you be open to would you it? be open to it, or you know, have that conversation then? Yeah. Because I feel like for Erica, it has been a lot building, and it just kind of all hit her at that one time. Right. Because as she said, you know, you're never comfortable. Right. Because uh, Stephanie said, "I'm not comfortable with you having that app," and she's like, "You're never comfortable." And it's true, you know. She takes her to the the booby plaster place, and it's like, "I don't, I'm not comfortable." The whole like going even to the animal park. Oh, and- 
to Ammo Park. Got to sanitize everything. Got to sanitize everything. And, oh, you know, I don't... But I don't. That, that's Erica's point is the issue is like you haven't really been honest with me about who you are at all because everything you've put online, that's the person that I thought I was meeting and who's sitting in front of me is not the person that you really are. So then I was debating that all night actually on what my feelings were, people's persona online or like even in our business on radio, you know, radio people who are very similar to how they are on the radio and you know radio people who are vastly different from what they project. Yeah. And so when people have expectations of those people online or whatever, do you feel like those people are on the wrong for expecting them to be like that and for there being this kind of... No, I think you should portray in real life who you are and not be fake. That's that's what I... I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like I'm one of those people. I'm pretty much what you see is what you get. Right. I don't think... I try to pretend to be something I'm not, although there have been times in the past where I've been accused of that, mm-hmm. of people accusing me of projecting an image of what I want people to think I am versus who I really am. But no, I think the the fault lies in the person who's lying about who they are online. So you think Stephanie should be or Yeah, you think Stephanie should if she's going to project a very sexualized sense of herself online when she gets with Erica, she should be yeah, like, look, well, Erica, you know what? that is a good point I because Erica's just going off of what she sees. Right. And I would say even deeper than that, because they've been in this relationship for three or four months, like Skyping and talking to each other. She must have that impression from their conversations just in general that, okay, she would be okay with a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Cause it would be very odd that for the last four months, they've been talking very sexually or whatever over the phone and through video chat. But then all of a sudden, once you get in person, it all, all changes right so i feel like maybe that's kind of stephanie's thing is that oh well behind a screen i can kind of be maybe yeah. this alter ego right and I she- do understand that i actually do understand that it, and just to to put it in real terms like our job wants us to right now be posting a lot of like videos of what we're doing while right. we're at home and I, I was really I pushed back against it because I was like my biggest fear is I don't want to do anything that comes off as tone deaf or insensitive or inappropriate like that's my biggest fear right now and but then I was like at the end of the day though this is part of my job and if right. my job asks me to do it I have to do it and um, I have to find a way that feels comfortable and natural for me and just try to to not be you know fake and phony and so I do understand actually yeah now that I think about it I do understand Stephanie because I feel like that's kind of what I'm also doing right now I'm being asked to do my job right and I'm doing it but it doesn't quite feel right and I'll be honest some it doesn't feel like it's feels a little disingenuous because I'm doing it because I'm being told to not because it's how I want to right right I just think is really their relationship more than any of the others is very interesting because I can kind of see both sides yeah I do feel like Stephanie should probably really kind of sit down with her and be like look be real Just this like- is more of an image I portray right. because it's popular and it's going to help me you know get my YouTube views up and you know supports me I'm really more of a you know homebody introvert whatever whatever so, so I have and to I'm sick so careful and then let her decide from there okay well you know I can kind of deal with that and maybe every once in a while we get crazy but that's a good point Jay you bring up good points <laughs> Um, um, let's go to who do we have left? Sorry, we have Ed and uh, Rosemary. Ed and Rosemary or Usman and Lisa. Oh boy, uh, Usman and Lisa. Baby girl. Oh. <laughs> Finally, last night though, I like Usman. I really do. I like that. 
he went way above and beyond to be super duper patient and accommodating with Lisa. And I do not blame him at all for putting his foot down last night and being like, listen, I thought when you came over here, some of the controlling issues were going to be better. But we I can't live this way. And he's really starting to second guess whether or not he's made a huge mistake. But it's not too late yet. So he's he's got time to still figure this out. But um, he stepped up to her and she looked shooketh. She really did. She was very quiet that entire time in the hotel because yeah. she got mad because he walked his friend out. And I guess, you know, she said it was 30 minutes. They said 20 minutes. I don't know. But it was it was a long time. And I can't understand, you know, him leaving and you thinking, oh, he's coming right back and he doesn't. But at the same time, I mean, you're at the hotel. Close the door, lock it. You, yeah. sh- you should be okay. Like, let's not. You know, and he brings up a good point. He's right. She has done nothing but complain from the time that she's been there. From she, the time she's landed. And everything. She's negative about everything. And that's another point he made was like, look, you've insulted me on several occasions yep. and I've never said a bad word to you. And I've never, I've defended you every step of the way. And yet you still pile on with the negativity toward me. And like, I'm not going to live in a prison yeah. that you've created. Like, right. this is not going to work. She and she she gets upset. And initially she tries to do the attitude. So what, you just want to end it right here? What you do? But I think ultimately she realizes I don't want to go home alone. And there is a power flip in this dynamic. There really where, is. Where I think ultimately they do make up and they do decide that they're going to continue and go meet his mom and ask for her mom's blessing so they can get married but yeah i like i really like Usman. i like that Usman has seemed very grounded too like he admitted he's like look i realized that it's not like all of a sudden she got here and i realized oh she's controlling and possessive right, right. he's like i realized that before but i thought that it was because of the distance and once we got together it would be a bit of a relief on that pressure but it hasn't it's almost gotten worse and he did say well i have a great opportunity to get to the united states yep. and really so but then again it's and i've said all along i feel like yes of course because like what you said earlier there's a huge difference between moving from london to new york and moving from nigeria to the united states yeah absolutely absolutely of course that's part of his goal is to better his life and better himself and get more opportunity and that leads us to our final couple oh boy ed and rosemary <laughs> there was a lot with these two last there was night. so much with ed and rosemary starting from the foot rub and, and the- uh, okay so <laughs> they have had their talk in the cafe ed has apologized for asking her to take this std test they are back in the hotel room together and and ed wants to get romantical he wants to uh to pamper his queen so he tells her to go take a warm bath which is a, another thing i don't know i just he, the, I, maybe it's a generational thing i'm like i don't anyway you're not a bath person <laughs> i mean i like taking a bath at home but taking a bath in a hotel room like i don't I think don't, i've ever taken a bath in a hotel room either most hotels that i've stayed at don't really have like a tub situation it's mainly like walk-in type shower yeah. type stuff so yeah i mean i guess it would be i guess you know it could be romantic like bubbles and if it had like little jets and stuff but yeah. i don't so while she's in the bathroom taking her warm bath he calls and has a bottle of champagne brought up and he wants to like set the mood and he's got massage oil he's gonna like rub her feet and she comes out of the bathroom and he has her sit on the bed he's giving her like a foot rub and he's like how do you say kiss and what is it tagalog tagali and and she goes halik 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 and he goes can i halik you and i was like oh 
I know. And the look on her face, you could just, it was almost uncomfortable to watch. And not necessarily, I mean, imagine though, it is it is probably awkward for her. There's a there's a camera guy, there's a whole crew of people. There's a guy who's older than your dad asking yeah, you to kiss him. Yeah. There's a whole lot going on right there in that, in that minute, in those yeah. moments, yes. Yeah. Ultimately, she says that he can kiss her on the cheek, and then she does allow a little pop kiss on the lips, but that is like how I, I've kissed my friends like that before, like just as a, as a you know. It's a greeting. like a, right, right, right. Not often. I don't go around kissing people on the lips like that, but like there have been one or two times when, you know, a quick little mwah. Anyways, they go to bed. I'm not going to bring up the legs. You're not going to bring up the legs? I mean, because it's like. I just feel like where she's from, we've seen the way she lives. To me, something like shaving your legs, probably not a, a big priority for her. I think it wasn't a priority. I think it was kind of odd that he said, can you go shave your legs? And then there was a razor available in the shower immediately. So unless she was using his razor, which is also gross, I don't know if that was like a plant. If I feel like sometimes she, because she didn't have a lot of, it wasn't like a really hairy leg. I mean, there's a little bit. So I have to assume that on occasion she shaved her legs for something. I don't know. I don't you know. You think this is the first time she ever shaved her legs? I don't know. I don't know. And I, I don't want to be insensitive if if that's if she's so poor that she can't afford to buy razors to shave her legs. That might be the case. I mean, I don't look at it as like a, a super negative, like, oh my gosh. Right, right. I just think that she probably says, you know, what do I need to shave my legs for right. most days? And like you said, maybe razors are expensive. Actually, razors are expensive. They are. We, we all know that. So, yeah, if you don't have to shave your legs, why would I shave my legs? So, the next morning, she does agree to shave her legs, but he has to shave his beard because, you know, she doesn't like the beard. Beards are pokey. And then we learn that they do the deed, <laughs> that they have done the deed. And uh, there seems to be a big difference between their day after experience. Like, she doesn't want to talk about it at all. But it might be that she's just a little more kind of reserved shy. Yeah. and shy about yeah, that kind private. of stuff. But he is very open to talking about it. He's like, hey, it. we did it. I think she enjoyed it. That was so good. Yeah. <laughs> just, she's 23. He's 54. I don't know how much... I'd be curious to know for real how much she enjoyed it. I don't know. So then it is time to make the journey to Rosemary's hometown. And American tourist Ed is about to check out of a hotel mm. and cash a reality check about the face of poverty. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. like We've been saying this from day one on this podcast. American poor is very different from international poor. Yeah. From foreign third world country poor. In the Philippines, I don't. Do you consider the Philippines to be a third world country? I, th I actually thought about that as well. I was like, I guess, you know, I guess the definition of a third world country can't necessarily just be based off their largest city. So you think like of Manila. You think of Manila, sure. obviously. But then you got to think the vast majority of the country is probably pretty close to yeah. that. Where, yeah. you know, just not a lot of stuff now it does bring up that it's gonna be a little uncomfortable meeting rosemary's sister in in person because the sister has asked ed for money and he still doesn't know if rosemary is aware of that or not if rosemary was part of that all along or right. if rosemary legitimately does not know i also like that he asked if there's an air conditioner <laughs> and she's like we got a fan we got a fan that's that's it and he's gonna be miserable i mean i i imagine someone like big ed who couldn't handle walking around the market for a few hours is now going oh. to be staying in a house that doesn't doesn't even have windows it's just open yeah you know? just like one part of the wall is just open all of a sudden there's no doors it's just uh it's a, a whole different world right but now talk about being gracious people and being welcoming people oh my gosh like, 
the effort that they they went to to have a, a big meal prepared to all come together to welcome him is a is a show of how you can have very little and still be a huge hearted giving person oh my gosh they had a whole meal set up yep. and it was like a big surprise yep. when they walked through and it was it was really kind of nice and sweet i don't know if Ed really got to appreciate it in the moment because I think he was a little more concerned with the heat and, you know, who his uh, Rosemary's sister the being there and the condition of the house. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, he made a lot of comments about, Yeah, I thought, came across a little bit um, American. Kind of elitist. Or elitist, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, and I felt that way, too. I felt like, you know, would I not make a comment about there being, you know, just an open wall to the outside. And of course, you have to keep in mind, a producer is asking Big Ed. So tell us about what you saw when you went into her house. Tell right. us what it was like. Uh, but I'm saying like in front of like the actual family, he's like, oh, they, he said, oh, there's their windows. And they said, oh, yeah, it's over there. He's like, no, it's not a window. It's just an open part of the wall. But that's fine. That's fine. Like, I don't know that I would have done that. Yeah, I would have definitely kept that to myself. And right. maybe if me and Rosemary were alone, I'd be like, uh, so really no windows? None, none. Okay, just checking. Just want to make sure, you know, because yeah. that's my personality with the person I'm with. But I definitely wouldn't do it in front of her family. Right. So I feel like that would be insulting. Tone deaf. Yeah, yeah very tone deaf. Insulting. That's the right word. <clears throat> um, then Rosemary's dad shows up. And- <laughs> <laughs> that guy, his, the way he can speak without saying anything is is a, a, a thing of wonder, right? It really is. Like, I feel like I know exactly what he's thinking just by his facial expressions and his manner. Absolutely. <laughs> and Ed asks, he says, hey, you know, how do you feel about a guy like me who is one year older than you dating your daughter? Which, again, I feel like, Ed, do you really have to bring in the exact age to right, this? Right, that's so creepy. Like, you just pointed out the creepiness of it. Oh, boy. Um, so, I do think Rosemary is a sweet girl. Like you, like we've said all along, she, she does not appear to be a gold digger. Or right. in any way, unless she's involved in the asking Big Ed for money part, which we still don't know yet. Well, see, here's the thing I thought, though. I was like, hey, if Big Ed does decide that, you know, him and Rosemary can maybe possibly make a life, he should offer to invest in their business. Like, hey, you want some money? Absolutely. Make me a partner. Make me a partner. Right. I'll, I'll help you buy better things to sell, and we'll... Um, because after seeing their store, I felt like I could invest in that business a little bit. Like, hey, if they well, want... They sell flip flops and shoes. Look like flip flops mainly. Uh, I have to go back and look, but I saw a lot of flip flops, and I'm like, well, shoot, I can help you stock up some flip flops. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe that's what we should do. We should go in partners. Run a little flip flop store in the Philippines. Yeah. Ah. All right. 90 Day Fiance before the 90 Days will be back Sunday night. Jay and I, as I know this is, we're heading into week four of the new normal for a lot of people. And as long as it is safe to come to work next week, we will be here. Absolutely. Uh, we hope you stay home, stay safe. And um, as always, you can listen to Reality Bites on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have some free time, and we know you do right now, Uh, Please rate and subscribe.